good morning, afternoon, and so on. This morning's Dharma talk is uh, sometimes we change it up and rather than give a, have a title, we just do questions and answers. So questions from Sangha, this might be, sometimes this works uh, better to get right to the questions you have about your practice, about the Dharma, about, about, about. So let's do that. Shays on bowing. What is the observer that can't be uh, seen as content? So that's uh, that question, the observer. We can see I'm observing this. So this person, these eyes, this nose, tongue, body, mind are receiving, receiving. You, the thought is receiving. So that is uh, takes up an observer position as an entity, as a person. So there's some kind of a, a coming together of I'm seeing this, me. In the yogi chara tradition, we call this the seventh consciousness, that area, and the sixth also. But it's uh, not only just the processing part of the consciousness that, that uh, um, it coordinates all the six sense fields and then their objects and the reception of that around a particular consciousness, the body-mind consciousness, five skandhas. But it is uh, the part you're asking about is, is that aspect of consciousness that does not have a spatial situation, does not have a time reference. The time and space are, uh, are not, not uh, aspects of that consciousness. This is sometimes referred to as eternal. But even that is still a commentary on time. <clears throat> More. Uh, what, it, what is that if, if we were to give it a concept? Just kind of what you just said. We could call it Tagatagarbha, or it doesn't have a, an identity particularly called wisdom, uh, jnana, or ajna, or jhana, or jnana, or how, however you want to say it, yeshe. It's, it's that aspect that we name so that we, so that those who have understood this, so have understood that there is an aspect. Of consciousness, I don't know if you don't know if you'd even call it an aspect. That might be going a little bit too far. You don't want too many nails in the coffin. Is this where a bodhisattva functions out of? Yes. How does that um, that space allow for the ego to still be there in a way that fundamentally meets a situation where it's at? As soon as the ego is seen to be unreal, then that begins to function uh, uh, dependently, dependently on the karma with that particular person that comes into being. They finally have stopped disagreeing with their karma. They also are not agreeing with the karma. If you're disagreeing with what's happening to you or agreeing with what's happening to it, you're explaining it, passion. Well, it's because of this, because of that. If she hadn't done this, if I hadn't, if I had just done it this way. Just like with me, this last night I didn't wear this hard brace. Big mistake. So I'm, I'm in pain. So it's a, but then I'm, so there's kind of attribution going on, which makes sense. It's when we, we heighten it in order to get some kind of protection, heighten it as a stronger finger pointing. This turns into an AK-47 eventually. Perhaps more. Is there any intentional activity we can take that doesn't further cover up that fundamental nature? The, the action that you can take is, and I'm biased, extremely biased here, having been at this for quite a while, sit down and see 
see the actions that your mind is taking uh, spontaneously out of your karma, dependently risen out of your karma, that which shows up in the mind stream without being beckoned, and that which comes to try to cover that, shove it down, push it to one side, uh, explain it, blame someone, anything, anger, passion, aggression, ignorance, sometimes called this double negativity. The first negativity is just negative. Next negativity is an agenda about the self-centeredness. Go ahead. When I bring that all back to the practice of meditation, is there something we can do or, or what is meditation that is not about um, understanding those concepts? Well, it's, it's about we need we need some kind of concepts, some, something to refer to. The ego needs something to do while it's being slowly dismantled. And it needs to watch the dismantling, not realizing that that which is being dismantled is, uh, is uh, a belief that there's something there. And it might not be literally dismantled in the sense of, of being taken apart, but the, the structure of that dynamic starts to get weaker and weaker and more you could say transparent, I could say transparent, or not fundamentally existence, existent in the same way a, a tree is, or um, so on. More. What, what space does a student have to investigate the teacher's understanding of that? Again, it begins as dependent origination. We, we have to start somewhere, so we start with just like you, uh, you and me. Our our dynamic has changed over the last ten years. Can you say yes? So you started out by being paranoid about me. Yes. And what did I do with that? Not much. Not much. I didn't really, as I recall, I didn't do much with it. I just waited to see what you were going to do because I can't meet you uh, as a teacher unless you start functioning as a student. So there's no, it just can't, it can't be done. I'm just saying it, it isn't done in different ways, but it's more about the mundane path rather than the, the spiritual path. More. There, it seems that there's no way a student can function with any certainty in that area because of a lack of clarity of what that is. So does there have to be, or how do we work with trusting or faith or benefit of the doubt with a teacher? So just do, each person is going to be different. Some people will have a, a deep understanding and perception that this is what they need to do. That's what happened with me. Because if I had paid attention to my thoughts, I'd have ran like hell away from that teacher. But I, I needed that kind of a relationship so that I could train my mind to see more clearly. So I just hung in there with them, even though the, the bad press about Trump Rebuchet had already started way back in the 70s. Read Harper's Magazine, 1975. I want to find out some more about what was happening then. People accusing him of everything. Or what is the function of the teacher to a student? It's, it, it looks, it seems, it's like it's very simple in the sense that you're just providing some kind of a touchstone so someone can slowly or speedily see their true nature, that they're not, they're in this world, but they're not actually of this world in the sense that they're not just a body-mind complex that's going back into the, into the elements. They're not just the body. That's a very, excuse me, strong 
identity that's happening there that's just you can't you don't have to get rid of it you have to see that it is uh, it is insubstantial ultimately so the teaching person their function is to meet you where you're at the way I say it and that can there can be different descriptions of that but meet you where you're at in the crap that you're dealing with this doesn't mean they necessarily join you though they might this doesn't mean they necessarily will just start right away commenting on what's happening, though they might. Uh, in the case of, excuse me, of Kobajina Roshi meeting me, as I, I'm not going to go into that story, but he met me where I was at, right in my my fixation and my insane narcissism, narcissism that was happening. I was suffering greatly with that at the time. Excuse me, even before I met him, and then when I met him, then I projected a bunch of that onto him. I didn't realize it was in front of me. I didn't realize that the, someone, as they say in the tradition, is my way of saying it, but it's a, to, when you meet a true man, a true woman, a true person of no status. Kobane had no status, yet he was able to manifest powerful forms because he had no status. He had no agenda other than his vow, I assume. And I didn't, didn't really know him well enough to know we didn't have any chit-chats more. The teacher's relative actions could take absolutely any form, it seems. As a student, how do we work with the fear of what the teacher may do without shutting down and just doing it anyway? Well, when I say do it anyway, I don't mean cover your eyes, cover your nose, plug your ears and do it anyway. I mean, do, do what's showing up so that you, your karma that is dependently arisen with the karma that is is the teacher, when that comes together, there's going to be areas where that's going to hit and areas where it's going to blend. It's the way of stop talking about it. Probably doesn't do any of that. So it's, it can be scary, as it says in the Trump or MJ's book, The Myth of Freedom, the function of the teacher is to insult you. He's just pointing out that you may, by being around a person who function with functions in apparent status, but fundamentally with no status, in apparent status, all dressed up with nowhere to go, as they say. That person will will endeavor, <laughs> there's I can understand, um, I can only know from what how this looks to me, uh, will function to help you. And that, that can show up in so many different ways. This does not validate anybody abusing anybody. If a, if a teacher, as far as my understanding of it, if a teacher advances forth to manipulate you could probably use the word abuse or use somebody, their, their body, their allegiance, or their resources, their money, or whatever, to try to use that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's inappropriate. But, but how can you deal, how can you handle it? What do you do about that? Because the, the world is so... Uh, uh, deceptive, everything, this self-deception is just, uh, it's all over. It's very rare to find a situation where there's fundamental honesty between a teacher and a student, let alone society. Go ahead. Is there a way to question what the teacher is doing or saying? As far as I'm concerned, you can bring everything to do. I invite you over and over and over again. Having a problem? Talk to me about it. Don't go behind my back, as the 
common image and, and gossip with other students about the teacher. Not a good idea. Not, not good at all. This is a 10th precept, creating chaos, creating disturbance in the Sangha or any of the three duels. Don't do that. If it's a, if it's a true teacher, then they will, they'll receive that. Or whatever happens, you, then you need to receive that. Very, very easy to just pick on, pick on anybody and just blame them for something else. If you see something here and you blame them for that, this is called duality. It's not that it isn't relatively true, but it's still, all evidence is partial. It's partial. So it's not complete. But you may still need to function or act out of some kind of evidence. That's why I say, don't do anything unless you have to. If you don't have to do it, don't do it. If you don't have to sew a rope, don't do it. There's no, there's no promise. And so far as I understood the nature of spiritual materialism, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to get. Good questions. Do you have any more? Yes. Um, you recently asked somebody to start functioning as a meditation student of mine. And the way in which they relate to concepts, there's a great amount of fear of what that person may do with those concepts or a fear of further hurting this person. I'm wondering how do you relate to somebody who is the fear of you, me, yeah. who's, who's actively coming towards you, coming towards you, coming towards you and the fear of doing something to hurt that person. What's your basic question? How do you work with the fear of somebody asking you for help? So that's a good, a good question. You meet them uh, where they're at and that may not be where they think they're at. So if you meet them where they're at and don't understand who you are and what your function is in this world for whatever life you have left, if you don't deeply understand that, uh, you, based on your own hidden fear, hidden aggression, hidden passion, aggression, ignorance, that can be triggered and you can function in that person to just perpetuate everybody's suffering, your own and theirs. That being the case for me, not being clear. Yes. To, to what degree do I have any? But knowing you're not clear is pretty powerful. It's called awareness. What do, what do I do with the second guessing? The saying something and immediately being afraid like, oh, maybe that's going to go this way or that way, or he's going to kill himself or fear. You're not that important. You hear me? Yes. Not that important. He's going to have to do it. He's going to have to do it. All you do, all you have to do is be there. And if you don't do anything, unless you have to, then what you need to do or have to do will come out of, of the, of the very awareness that you're showing me you have, but you won't do much more. What is, what does it mean to help somebody? Quite often it means mind your own business. Not always. Sometimes you need to step into it. Should be situational. You've been dealing with your own neurosis, your own difficulties for since I met you. You're still dealing with them. We'll stop now. This could be the whole class. <laughs> Open interview. Go ahead. It just continues to get further and further um, ambiguous and uncomfortable. Yes. 
How do we not reach for a reference point? You don't have to stop that. Just watch that you reach for a reference point. It's always about awareness, not preventing this or preventing that. You don't, we really don't have uh, the choice that we have some kind of a choice, but it's not the kind that we think we do. It's not being able to pick and choose, though the world is doing that constantly and, and backing it up with, the, with their right or their analysis of right or someone else is just constantly interpreting, interpreting, judging, evaluating, condemning not only not only others, but ourselves. We, if you do that to yourself, you'll eventually co cover up the condemnation so you don't realize you're, that you're really upset with a certain aspects of your consciousness instead of be genuine. This doesn't mean if you feel like killing people, you should go out and do it. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't stop the feeling of wanting to harm others. Are you hearing me? Don't stop the feeling that goes underground, underground, and comes up. But I'm not going to say it comes up in the form of giving you cancer. But it could come up in the form of of uh, uh, not only something physical, but all, but. Uh, but some kind of an activity relative to others that is undermines them or is not helpful to them because you're not willing to be responsible for what, for who you are. It's called dependent origination. It's written about everywhere. And quite often it's not written about very well. Not that I've read everything on it. You just basically saying nothing is separate. So you can't do anything that's separate from something else. It's not separate. It appears separate. It's an illusion. Go ahead. What is confidence that is not an emotion? When you see that there isn't anything but this, and you're you're a little tiny part of it. If you use relative description, you're a grain of sand in the middle of nowhere. And so is everyone else. But they feel like they're quite shiny and sparkly. Yes, I'm talking about you. Watch the sparkles. Don't get rid of them. Be responsible for your narcissism, please. This is your opportunity. When I'm at Coben, this is something I could not do. It was extremely painful for me, and I'm not, I'm not so sure it wasn't kind of difficult for him. Maybe, maybe not. But he wouldn't talk to me. He eventually died, and I tried to talk to him for 12 years. And eventually just assumed that he just didn't like me or, or perhaps he thought I was already enlightened and didn't need his help. That was the other. He kept going back and forth between the two or three or eight more. Is there anything special about this path? Uh, what do you think? I guess it, there's just this feeling of constantly looking for something that'll show up like, oh, now I know I'm not hurting people or, or now I know I, I, I can interact with somebody without causing chaos. You're not that important. How do we work with that intense narrative that permeates everything? Just, just observe. Just receive it. Train your mind. Hold still a lot. Gaze at the wall. Watch the, the things that keep tumbling out of the consciousness out of the, all parts of the consciousness, out of the memory, just observe. Don't accept it, don't reject it, don't, don't shut down on it. It's difficult to do that because we just want so much to be somebody who's a good person, or we might want, want so much to be somebody who other people think is bad, but I really know is good and right. Just other people need to straighten up and understand what's really true.
which are anything I do is it can go any direction. Some kind of validation, self-validating. If the narrative of self-importance doesn't go away, what does change? You see it. You're aware that you you have an emotion or feeling that you're uh, full of yourself. You don't have to get rid of that. Try to get rid of it. Try to get rid of ego. It just creates more hidden things uh, hidden uh, under the piles of lumber, under the piles of concepts, ideas, constructs coming from society, coming from yourself, coming from the, the from, from, from the community for that matter. More? Is this arising out of a belief? all these questions, That one is, is the physical manifestation? Yeah. Attachment to the body. It's not that there is no body uh, here, of course, but it's, it's the attachment thinking that this is all we are. It's just this body. So, body, mind, we, we are our thoughts. We are, we, we believe our thoughts. So we try to clean our thoughts up so we have nice thoughts. If you have negative thoughts about something, uh, that's, if there's a, a belief in the self, then that's going to be a constant ongoing indictment. So then we can do anything. If it's, if it's, uh, starts to terrorize our terrorize terrorize us then we might take medications take drugs or take uh, um, um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications that are supposed to tamp that down and maybe they do and maybe sometimes that's the only thing a person can do I, I, I like when I say you may not be able to meditate you may need to see um, a therapist they need to see a counselor, may, may need to go a different direction. And even in that area, you should look, because not all counselors are the same. And not all, just like not all uh, meditation instructors, not all Buddhist monks are the same. Thank you. Undo. Undo Baling, what was it about your relationship with Chogyam that allowed you to hang in there? Baling? I don't know. Just intense uh, dedication, devotion to him. Stronger that at the time I didn't even want to talk about it because it just felt too much like I, it was a, a kind of a cultish for me. But, but it was, seemed to be necessary. I wasn't. It's like it's like he turned off my evaluator mind so that I could just practice and not evaluate him or anything else. There's all kinds of things that just really irritated me about the Tibetan Buddhist path. All the little funny little drawings of you know gurudas and dragons and stuff. Artwork. Basically artwork was aggravating. And also dealing with uh, his particular community, the Sangha, he, uh, it was aggravating. I had a lot of trouble with different people in that Sangha, especially the ones that were very high up. David Rome, his secretary, was uh, wanted to punch him. I don't want to punch him now because I realized he was just doing his job. But he knew that because I fought with him. More? What about what was it that was behind that devotion? Was it a practice? Was it a feeling? I have no idea. A lot of it was just fear of not having that reference. Like that's a that whole uh, that whole structure is a, a can be if it's if it's a. You can 
it's very easily to be abused. I could have been abused by him. Perhaps I was and don't remember it. Don't think so. But as we know, others uh, were, or at least that's what they say. But if you, I, I don't know, I, I cannot, it, it doesn't help for me to go in and kind of um, untangle something that was happening 40, 50 years ago. But also, we don't have to look away from it either. Go ahead. What about, is there, was there a point where he wasn't a reference point, Bowling? Uh, who he actually was is still a reference point. He's right here. That doesn't get let him off the hook for anything. I don't know what his karma was with this person or that person, because the karma that arises, this is not a way of explaining anything, of justifying anything, of validating or, or taking away any kind of culpability, shall we say. But the, the karma that arises as this person and this person, I don't care how enlightened the person is, that person still has to meet that karma where it's at, even if it gives them bad press. If you don't understand, maybe you never will, because I don't think I can explain that to you. I just see it. I see it directly. You could say, well, wonderful for you, Sogadan. You can see everything directly. How about us? I, I don't know what to tell you about that. I would say train your mind. Realize who you are. Realize who you are. There isn't anything else. It's empty of other. There's nothing else. That doesn't mean you feel like you're the lamppost or you feel like you're a, a stick of butter or that every dog you see makes you want to bark. I'm not talking about crap like that. It's the 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 non-separation intensifies the separation into the body-mind complex so that you really feel strongly like a person but you but the attachment is gone the the, the the craving to live the craving for anything is just gone not doesn't mean that you won't have some cheesecake i did last night didn't i yeah, it doesn't mean that you're riding on some kind of a track where you can't you know Oh, I couldn't do that, and I would lose my discipline. Discipline, mis misunderstanding of disciplines. Very mis misunderstood as control. It's not about control. It's about awareness. More? Further questions? Chisho. Uh, Chisho Aving, how does the Bodhisattva vow work with dependent origination? Right. Yes. Uh, so dependent origination is basically saying there are no separate things, that anything that shows up is, uh, is, is there uh, as um, an apparent uh, part of everything else. But it has no status as being better than everything else. It's, <clears throat> it's just a very simple, almost simple-minded way of explaining dependent origination. But then the Bodhisattva vow comes from someone who thinks they're special, thinks they're important, is all about defending themselves or explaining themselves or going to war with anybody. Not I'm talking about not talking about out and out war, but you know, meeting somebody challenges them instead of caving, instead of allowing the challenge to wash through them, they fight back, they go to war with it. So the vow is to be with all things, simply put. Whatever happens, that's it. No war. This doesn't mean, as I've, I've used this example over and over again, because it's so important to see that you're not just uh, uh, you're not just limp. 
You're not just like caving in. That's the relative view of this. The fundamental view of it is you are dependent origination. The vow actually allows you to be part of what is happening as your karma and as the karma with the person whose, whose, whose eyes you're looking into so that you can be, be that karma. How that's going to look to some somebody in the grandstands, uh, they'll have all of their ideas, opinions, and it may very, be very difficult for them to understand that. So that's You can't understand this in the conventional sense, even though we have book studies, 12 of them, a week. And if I had the energy, we'd have more than that. Because I think it's so important to study the Dharma as it's laid out conceptually by teachers, not just me, but other teachers, and then discuss that with the Sangha. So there's the Dharma and the Sangha, and then the teacher coming, and then mixing with that entire structure of the three jewels. So the, the vow is, is your way or anyone's way, like this is something you received. So change of name, change of mark. Um, you're, I assume uh, that you're endeavoring to be with whatever is arising. And the way you do that is notice that whatever arises, you agree with it, disagree with it, or object to it, passion, aggression, ignorance, in some form. And it's not about stopping that. It's about being aware of that. If you're aware of that, then if that trailer will unhook itself. But if you try to do it, then, then you have an agenda. Then you want to be better. You want to be a really good bodhisattva. You want to be one of the greatest bodhisattvas that's ever lived, that everybody acknowledges in all of the newspapers. Not going to happen. Well, it might happen. Some people make a lot of claims. Go ahead, Chisho. Uh, Chisho Bahang. So you used the word uh, just now, be with all beings, instead of save all beings. That seems to make a big difference, at least in the way I, uh, I understand it. Save seems to have a connotation of doing something in order to do something else for another person, whereas be is very different. So I say, so, so I say be with all things. That means beings, uh, thought patterns, be with all things. I think it's a good, a good way to say it. Kind of a, just, just stop fighting with everything. So, but that may involve watching the way you fight uh, without, without actually doing it. So it's a, it's kind of a conundrum. It's a, it's a uh, cul-de-sac. It's a, a, what's that other word that means it has something to do with ducks? Oh, pair of ducks. It's a pair of ducks. <laughs> Jews aren't shaking his head, no. <laughs> so it's just like you run into something, you say, this, uh, there's no way you can save all beings. Yes. Yes. And no. Yes, you can't. You have to see what that is. There are no beings to save. This is why the, the teaching works. It addresses the relative a construct of me, my world, my stuff, what I want, what I don't want, what I like, what I don't like. It addresses that directly. It comes right in and say, okay, this is where this, this, uh, this aspiring bodhisattva is. Let's help him or her to see that they can actually go beyond their own intense greed and self-centeredness. That they can actually uh, ha uh, connect with what we call, what Trungpa Rinpoche called environmental generosity. There's no one who's generous. There's just a complete open dimension where things can move and shift. <sighs> So this, this kind of a teaching doesn't validate anybody uh, 
who is a teacher uh, abusing that power. And when I say abusing, I'm saying that's how it looks. How it is, I'm not sure how it is. Yogoro. Yogoro bowing. There's a, a question from Sheldon in the chat box. Sheldon. How should we interact with friends, neighbors, and family who are at war without joining their team or fighting with them? Bowing. First of all, spend some time in front of the wall watching the way you fight with yourself. That's the primary battle. Look at that battle. Look at that mind that likes, doesn't like, shouldn't be, should be. Constant self-lectures to oneself. Oh, I shouldn't have. Like I'm lecturing myself about, I should have put this brace on last night before I went to bed. And then I wouldn't have um, uh -oh, woke up in the middle of the night with uh, intense wrist pain. So I'm saying, oh, I should have, I should have. Isn't that what I was saying, Munoz? I should have. And I tried to blame her. Why didn't you tell me to wear the brace? Didn't I say that? Yeah, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't go that far. But I went far enough to, but it's about uh, being aware. It's about being aware of that. You're, 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 you, that may never go away and you won't care because you don't need that credential. You don't, don't need a credential that you're no longer self-centered because of your wonderful uh, bodhisattva hood. So Sheldon, train your mind, face the wall, do a lot of it. And then when you interact with your friends, I'm taking that with a capital F, uh, friends, then just receive, be friendly. Listen to their warfare. If they try to draw you in to join it, say, well, I don't know. And if they put, put pressure on you, say, well, this doesn't look that way to me. And then they might come further and say, well, what do you mean? How does it look to you? It says, different. <laughs> and you can pronounce it. You don't say, you need to say different. You can say different, different. It's not a criticism. It's humor. <laughs> Probably not very good humor. It's humor. So you could you could just meet them where they're at, meet them in the, uh, you know, in, in the difficulty, and and relate to them. So you, so the, the the communication part is really strong. The communication might not be very tasty or might be rather smelly, but you're you're relating to the person. The person is confused, is at war, or whatever you may however you may may describe your friends. But if you're there with them, listening to them, this doesn't mean you agree. And if they start to think that you are agreeing, then they'll start treating you like that. You can say, no, no, I, I'm, I'm endeavoring to follow what you're saying, but I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. So you can do it a, in a soft way that, that, that is their energy coming towards you that you can relate to. In other words, receive that energy, then you have the opportunity to relate to it in a soft way. But if you try to project your opinion onto them, you're in for war. You know that. You already know that, Sheldon. You already know it. Just meet them where they're at. It's, hard, it's difficult because it's hard to see somebody that you like who is so wound up in their thoughts and their, and their criticism, their hatred of others because the other people aren't, you know, what other people are wearing masks. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult area that people will go so far that they'll just actually, when somebody else thinks it might be safe or helpful to do that, and then other people are because it's become so politicized as of the last four years. Suddenly, public health is, uh, is about your freedom. It's, that's not true, but you can't fight with those, with the people who are doing that kind of, believing that kind of propaganda because they're gonna get their, their safety 
wherever they can. And that safety is dependently arisen. And dependently arisen means there are no personalities. Listen closely. There are no personalities. I'm not saying they're separate bodies, but the personality situation is unreal. That's why I say there aren't any. There is. That is true. And it is held up through dependent origination. That's why, if you want to take it further, or if I want to take it further, I would say that's why Buddhas and sentient beings are not two different things. That's why confusion and awakening is not two different things. But to those who don't see that, we'll jump to one and avoid the other in one form or another. More? Juju. A question from Navid in Iran. Navid. When sitting in front of the wall, my natural inclination is to become more aware of my body since I'm always doing it. But in sitting posture, I'm able to center and align myself better, although it's harder. Do you have any suggestion to how I can get closer to this alignment, especially in the head and eyes area? It sounds like you're probably doing it. So you're, if you're looking for results, then uh, it's, it, you're going too far with it. It's a, it's a conventional form of discipline. The discipline that I'm talking about here is the intention. Intend to sit still, intend to observe, intend to receive, intend, intend, and then watch what happens. It probably isn't going to line up with that. Don't worry about alignment. Uh, alignment will worry about you. Just, just observe what's happening and continue to return to the wall, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. If you consider yourself a student of the Buddha's Dharma, refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the, uh, which one comes next? Does it matter? Take, take, turn your turn away somewhat from the from the material world without abandoning it. But it's called leaving home. You're actually leaving your original situation. To, this is why we have a monastery. Some people want to do this intensely, and they have the opportunity to do this here. Kelly, go ahead. Kelly Bowing, we've been talking some about youth and children and yeah. either providing time or space for youth or children yeah. how is that or is that meddling bowing no uh, what we're talking about there in our community and I, uh we were talking about a there's a building over here you know a block away or something that is an old laundromat we've been looking at it for years we've, we've been taken through that uh, years ago to but we don't we didn't have the finances to do anything about it then but now we're especially talking to you it's dependently risen talk to you and dan and and then that starts to come up maybe that would be a great youth center it's not used for anything and uh it's just a big empty building but it's not meddling if you if you create something and for a particular dynamic happening and then young people in our neighborhood which is a it's right in the right in the middle of town uh people will come so it's not meddling in that you set it up and there's no requirement and then we would i don't know we need to talk about it some more as to how we will work with that we're not trying to convert people to buddhism the the, the word uh buddhist community uh, might talk them take them quite a while to find out that's even the underlayment of the whole thing it might be more karma house or uh something like that but it's not meddling if you're providing that 
providing that. And then you have some way of, uh, of some say so about the form that is being provided. So it's not just not an open forum. Um, and then the people that come need to come. The people that don't need to come don't need to be convinced. Or, there's no advertisement. There would just be an announcement. It would be my way of seeing it. But I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't do that without talking to everybody, talking to you, or talking to Dan, or talking. We would. Look, what's the What's the best approach to do this where we could possibly be of help, of fundamental help in this neighborhood, right where we're at in our community, uh, two blocks away or less. Uh, you know, let's start with that one. Further, Kelly? I have a different question. Um, Kelly Bowing, when, when you end talks or book study, you, your voice kind of shifts into being a little bit lighter. Sometimes you come closer and maybe you say something or you ask about people's lives or you kind of check in with people. Is that a teaching bowing? You know, I would say it this way. If you're a student, everything's a teaching. Everything. When I'm dead and gone, everything's a teaching. Everything's a teaching. Be a student. And how do you do that? Receive, receive. The conventional idea of learning is a misunderstanding. Pretty big one. Just receive. You don't have to understand what you receive. If you think you have to understand it, then you'll stop it and won't, we won't let it in the door because of paranoia. Receive. Be generous. Give everything your attention all the time, everywhere. Nothing is threatened. There's no threat. Any kind of threat is, we're not saying you couldn't be threatened by a Bengal tiger uh, running down the street and chasing you. Of course, there's going to be fear. But that kind of fear is much different than the... the the kind of uh, paranoia that gets that comes out of thinking something's going to happen that, that shouldn't or something is going to stop happening that needs to keep happening. And we're always concerned with the pain of alternation. Augie. Uh, Augie Bowing. Uh, another question about pain. Uh, Few weeks ago, when you were having back pain problems, uh, intense pain, somebody asked you about the nature of that pain, and you confirmed, yes, yeah, just a basic pain. And it's as long as any of us have our bodies, the nerve endings, and all is going to be that pain. But what about the pain? The other two types of pain, like the pain of of alternation and the worry about getting worse or this or that, does that continue bowing? Yeah. As long as there's a human being, the pain is going to continue, even though it's in the Four Noble Truths, the third one says uh, is naroda or cessation. Well, it's I'm not disagreeing with the Buddha, but I would have chosen different words. So it's not it's not going to go away. It's uh, nothing's going to go away. It doesn't need to. It just needs to be seen what it actually is. And what it actually is, is simply put, it's not separate. You can't find a separate thing anywhere. Augie bowing. So is that the case too? Then for the the big one, the uh, the discontent, the satisfaction of all all pervading pain, bowing. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. Pain of the composite. Yes. Same thing. It's not going to go away. The, the the the. If I may say it this way, the difference is 
is that we see that the identity, the person who was so was the so-called imputed re receiver of that is unreal. And it also uh, collapses into dependent origination. It may still have a may still have a credential. I sometimes refer to it, the metaphor that showed up uh, for me one day or the image was a, it's like a clown on the roof, still a clown, not to be taken too seriously. And it's on the roof, so it can't doesn't have direct access to your uh, to your bathroom. So you you know you're, you're bothered by it somewhat, but it's but the the distance is not something you did. It's something that's that's already the case. It's just that you uh, you don't have to be bothered by your ego. It's unreal. Uh, uh, Augie bowing. Uh, a different question. Thinking back to. Uh, the your last talk about uh, fixation, the details of fixation. Is that, and, and feeling into that, is that similar to asking the question, what is this? Bowing. It is. Augie Bowing, so with, as with Tess, uh, multiple choice to me always appealed to me. When I asked that question, is it going too far to then kind of run down a, a list of oh, is it this? Is it like? Is it this poison? Is it aggression? And just kind of through those, Alan? For, for you personally to ask yourself. Yes. Yeah, you do that. So that's why this is broken down into the three poison: passion, aggression, ignorance. You can see the way that those three operate in such a way that one of them seems to be stronger, but the other two are usually there. And it's the it's the belief in that as somebody who believes that's happening that is the issue, not that they're there. There, there's always going to be um, there's, there's always going to be irritation or anger. You don't have to get rid of anger. You don't have to get rid of any of the any of the emotions. Be genuine. Mm. You can do this. You can do it. Augie bowing. So, so is it then going too far maybe to extend the list? I thought, oh, after those, when I look at uh, uh, spiritual materialism, is it is it this kind of, uh, is it the form, the three categories Kumpa Rinpoche talks about, uh, possession-related, uh, ideology-related, uh, self-conscious-related, just just uh, keep to keep going down the list to see if what what is intensifying this uh, fixation, bowing? Yes, you, you could do any of that conceptual. We do it in book studies all the time where this is what, the way it's discussed using concepts. But when you're facing the wall, just, uh, just mind your own business. Just watch what moves and rather than adding, subtracting or dividing. I'm not saying you couldn't uh, set up a time where you're going to face the wall and you're just going to do this. Might have a legal pad next to you and maybe an attorney on the other side, and you might you know, write down all the things that show up. So you could do that, but the most important one you can do, as far as uh, training the mind, that I, the way it looks here, is to just receive, sit down and receive what arises in the mind stream without accepting, rejecting, or shutting down. And if you do uh, accept, or you elaborate, or you jump from what's happening in the mind stream over to some kind of a commentary on it, then just observe that. Prevent nothing, object to nothing, agree with, uh, don't agree with anything, and don't distract yourself or turn away from anything. And this is just impossible to do. If you if you do that, it won't show up as an accomplishment. 
If you actually do that, it won't, you won't feel like you've accomplished anything. Why? There isn't anyone anymore. The, the, the identity is created out of this, this internal warfare about, I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, and we believe that. So that may still keep going, but it won't be able to find someone who, who is having that experience. You won't find an identity because, not because the identity went away, because the, there never was anyone. So this is where uh, the, the bodhisattva ideal of being with all things, saving all beings shows up in that way. Putting others before yourself is a path. Seeing that there's, there are no others to, to do anything with, including this one, uh, is, you could, could be said to be uh, fruition, possibly. Fruition is not not exactly the completion that is some, sometimes implied, but that's ego language. We need to talk to the ego in order to get someone to even do something like turn their life over to the, this teaching. Challenging is because it does not show up as uh, as a mundane path does. There's a lot of successes and a lot of stages. Even the, the ten uh, bodhisattva bhumis or grounds of the bodhisattva, those are they're useful in some way, some ways, but they're not linear. They set it up as linear because they know that that's the language of the, of the ego. When I say they, I don't know what they did. That's how it looks. But I think the first bhumi is pretty important, seeing there isn't anyone. Hmm. Did you? A question from Marco in the Netherlands. So we've got Iran and the Netherlands, one person in each country. Ah, good idea. Go ahead. I find it difficult to surrender even to this path. It feels like my smart ass mind won't let me. Can this be fear? I really don't like that smart ass part. Don't worry about surrendering. Don't worry about that. Just, just observe. What you're talking about, I don't really like. It's just awareness of the way the mind, your particular dynamic is structured. You're just watching yourself fight with yourself. Watch some more. Just uh, don't leave the don't leave the theater. But don't get on the stage. Stay in the front row. Just watch what's happening. Be uh, appreciate what is happening. I don't mean uh, like the anger or like the smart ass part, but appreciate it as a as a production of your mind. Just watch it come and go, come and go. That which is in the front row is not a person. Unless that flips. And then, of course, then the ego sitting in the front row, getting lots of credit for being so aware. I can't see Marco, so therefore I'm addressing you. You have to channel Marco through, the, through your phone. So just return to the cushion. Return to the cushion. Return to the Buddha. If you consider yourself a student of the Buddha's Dharma, then... Uh, use that construct of the three jewels, and if you if you if you can, uh, those of you who are in distant places might have more difficulty. But there, uh, there's a European uh, book study, which is the time frame is a little bit better for those in areas like uh, Iran or uh, the Netherlands, closer to the time that's workable. So it's available. I think it's on the website. Yes. A question from Eric in India. <laughs> okay, now India. <laughs> Not Indiana, India. India. Okay. <laughs> so, Gazan, do you sit in formal meditation practice? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Do I sit and gaze at the wall? No, everything's a wall. The whole damn thing is a wall. Everything stops, the, the separation that was imputed or implied or believed in at one time has gone. This doesn't mean that I won't sit, I may sit, I may not. But there's no, uh, I spent many years sitting, so that's why I'm able to do this. You might need to spend 35 or 40 years yourself. Anything else? Go ahead. A question from Jacquees. What differentiates the way in which life can serve as a teacher and a teacher in the context that we're using it, if anything? The teacher, um, uh, by relating to the teacher, the teacher will help you see the rest of your world as a teaching rather than as just something you've been dumped into. A Trung Rinpoche would say the teacher, simply put, introduces you to your world, which he did. A question from Ken in New York. I don't know if I'm being aware or receiving. So much confusion and escaping effort arises here. I have trouble asking questions from here and feel stuck. Please help if you can. So my, what I'm hearing, uh, I'm saying the most important thing for you to do is stay in touch in some way. Um, if you can join one of the study groups where you are with uh, Sangha and you're studying the Dharma with Sangha, not just reading books on your own. Not that that's not good too, but you need to study with Sangha since you asked. <clears throat> Doesn't have to be this Sangha, but Sangha. Uh, and the other thing uh, I would say is, the only way to the way to work with this is to sit down, hold still, and have the intention to just observe what arises. And what arises may be that whole um, elaboration that you explained or you described. Just watch that. Don't necessarily go in and with any kind of special meditation will make that go away. Big misunderstanding. As far as I'm concerned, someone else can come along and and dismantle what I've said. And they, they're welcome to do it. But some people are going to hear what I'm saying and are going to resonate with what I'm saying and will see or learn or understand that, yes, yeah, sit down. What All the difficulty that you're having in your mind uh, can be seen more clearly if there's no particular body movement. Body and mind are not two different things. I'll say it again. The body and the mind are not two different things. They're separated. They're differentiated to some extent, or quite a bit of, of an extent, but they're, it's the same matrix that's happening. So sit down and hold very still so you can see what continues to move. And what continues to move is what you uh, just, just described. And uh, just watch it, just observe it. Don't conclude. And if you do conclude, then just observe that. Any other questions? Jason Bowen. Yes, Jason. Is there a danger in, a, in the modern world of telling people that they're not that important? Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I'll stop doing that. I mean, if that's, I, 
That's what you're picking up on. Let me say it this way, Jason. Some people are ready to hear that and some people are not. I'm not going to tell uh, 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 an 18-year-old uh, that they're not that important. Not time to do that then. It might be the other way around. As my, my teacher didn't say, you're not that important. He said, you can do this. You can do it. I was telling, dumping on him all of my fear and all of my anger and all of my everything. And all he would say to me is, you can do it. Keep sitting. You can do this. And that's what, that's what I needed to hear. So this is dependent origination. When I'm saying dependent origination actually aligns itself with the path of the Bodhisattva. When I say it aligns itself, not really. That's a way of talking about it. So when I say uh, everyone is like, uh, it's not that important. I'm, uh, I just said that to Chazan, I believe, several times. And that's because this, this man is a, is a Buddhist monk and has been a monk for a number of years and has practiced for 10 years. He's not an 18-year-old just coming out of high school. All he was when I met him. No, you weren't 18, you were 22, 21, 21. So now he's an old man of 31. <laughs> but a lot of sitting practice. So yeah, you could say, to address your question more directly, uh, I don't know if it's a danger, but I don't know if it's all that helpful to, to do it, to, to make that a broad teaching that we're all like specks of dust and we're all not worth anything. The, the fundamental thing is being pointed out there is you're, it's addressing the ego. So the ego stops ramping it up, or at least uh, considers that uh, the self-centeredness might not be all that important. It's just a way of talking about it. Are there concepts we're trying to point to the ultimate nature of our life as human beings? How do you do that? I don't, I don't know. I do the best I can. I talk out of what I see. Not a lot of what I know. I don't know anything. I'm bowing. I think intellectually, I, I kind of know what you're getting at. At the same time, you also talk about, um, you said something about self-worth. It just, I don't remember your exact words, but it seems like I hear you saying like self-worth and, and self-confidence really aren't that important either. And you said maybe somebody might need to go see a therapist. Well, if they go see a therapist, they're going to probably be told, no, you are important. Um, and the therapist depends on the therapist. Okay. Well, and see, that's where I'm getting a lot of confusion personally is like, I think, you know, I, I do have a lot of um, always counted on myself or counted on that being the one thing I knew maybe was actually important. And then when I hear you, say like that take that away then i'm confused and and don't have like a What's i guess your, a reference point oh, oh, very good that's the idea is just look at your need for self-worth look at the uh, what you call confusion just look at the confusion my question is how do you function when you take that away like how do you how do you go through daily life if you don't even have that one little anchor that you kind of used to have. Well, if, if, if you were to bring this to me in a, in a private interview, then I probably would say it doesn't mean, I'm not talking about you. Okay, I'm, I guess I'm challenging a little too, because you also say like everything's a teaching. So when I hear you say that to Cezanne, I try to take the universal okay. teaching out of it. And I guess that's kind of, when I'm listening, I'm listening at it universally 
when you're talking to everybody. Yeah, well, pretty hard to talk to everybody and have your intention show up in other people's minds. They have to work through their own preconception about what you just said. If you understand what I'm saying uh, completely and clearly, I'll never see you again. You'll just, you just won't have any issue. You won't need to come here. So, or you might come here with the idea of helping other people or helping me help other people or working together. This is what these monks in this monastery are asked to do. Help me help others. Create a mandala, create a center, create a place where people can come and train their minds and not be harped at or corrected or beaten with a stick back here like they in ancient traditions do. Not necessary. You need to encourage people to see the truth themselves, not just tell them what's true. Even though I'm saying that, I'm saying, don't believe it. I say it over and over again, and I'm not just being silly. I don't want you to do this with your belief. This is belief. You're tired of investigating, so you just believe it. I'm bowing. How do how do you um, know one know yourself deeply without having a strong ego? <laughs> That's the only way you can do it. You have to have a strong ego in order to transcend it or to see that it's unreal. So you're doing fine. You have a strong ego. So do I. Really strong, but it's unreal. It has no, it's not substantial. It may have a few comments. It may not. It may sit over on the couch and uh, watch what you're doing. It may jump in and object to things that you do, but it's getting to know that dynamic in the, in the mind stream that we call, we refer to as narcissism or the self-centeredness, or I have to be right. Some people just can't at all, but some people can't stand to be corrected. They can't stand any criticism at all. They'll, if they see your mouth open, they'll immediately start to defend themselves. You hung, did you have a question? You hung, Yes, I do have a question. When you said that be friends with ourselves, when I work with that, I it seems like there's a strong sense of oneself because I try to reinforce that I can be uh, friends with myself. How can I look at that? Bowing. So a simple way of saying it is stop trying to be somebody else. In other words, just like if you're trying to be friends with a neighbor, it's you need to be friendly with them, even though you're objecting to some of the ways they're acting or functioning. You need to be friends with uh, with anybody. You're, you're going to need to relate to their, not accept their negativity, but at least not go to war with it. Same thing with yourself, to be friends with yourself. Whatever negative emotions arise in the mind stream, don't, don't push, don't pull, do nothing. No, no pushing, pulling, no modification of yourself into somebody better, uh, into some kind of a transaction with yourself where you get to be a better person. Um, I sometimes say, and I mean this, don't improve. I'm not saying there won't be improvements, but when the ego mind is uh, self-centered mind is brought into the improvement thing, it also wants to test everything and it wants to conclude, well, how am I doing? Am I doing better? Am I doing good? So just look at the negativity and just, uh, just, just receive it. Just, just let it uh, show up. And don't abandon the negativity for how you can get rid of it or to abandon the negativity for 
Uh, I'm never going to get this right. I'm so negative. Jump into some other kind of uh, uh, elaboration about the negativity. It's just negative. If you look just at the negativity, um, you may not even know exactly what, what the foundation of that is because it doesn't have any content. If you see it clearly, it's just negative. It doesn't have, it's because of this, because of that, because of this. It won't have a particular story to it. Sometimes if negativity arises in someone's mind stream and they have no content, they just, because they need some kind of reference, they'll just call it depression or call it anxiety, but they won't have any story behind it. So is that just not incorrect? I'm not saying that you can't use those words, but I'm biased. I'm just saying I'm biased in this area because I'm saying that training the awareness to see what is coming and going without accepting, rejecting, or shutting down is a way to open that whole dimension up we call consciousness. Consciousness only, just perception, just a perception, not what's perceived, just a perception, not who's perceiving it, just a perception, just a perception. This is a basic teaching of, uh, of Buddhism, Yogacara specifically. Mind only. You can bow in. I have two more questions. I remembered you said everything we say is a lie. Is a lie. Are you pointing to everything is dependent origination? Bye. Yes. Basically. You home bowing. How could we know that we're not interfere with someone's karma, especially from children? Bowing. Yeah, and so like with your children specifically, I would say insofar you can't, you don't let them run over you particularly, but insofar as you can, just meet them where they're at, as they are. And then they also need some kind of form, as you know. And so that form uh, may, may seem uh, harsh to them or may not. Depends on the child, depends on your relationship to them. Uh, so much depends, 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 depends. You can't figure it out. But what you, what you can do is meet it right where it's at. With, have your intention to be of help to your child, not to control them necessarily. This doesn't mean that they get to yell and scream and throw tantrums. There, there's a way of uh, 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 intercepting that uh, in, in such a way that you're not making things worse for them. And, and I, there's no, there's no um, particular book on the subject or protocol. I'm not saying there all, aren't all kinds of books on child rearing, they call it. But the best is just meet them where they're at. And each one is going to be different. Not one one size fits all. Everybody gets treated the same. How can I know I can where they are? I can meet where they are. Okay, here it comes. Meet yourself where you are. If you're clear about who you are, not only as a human being, but as a mother, as a student of the Dharma, uh, if you if you the more clarity there is here about what this is, not changing it, not manipulating it, not trying to be uh, live up to a standard of something, but just see deeply who you are, deeply see that you're not separate from anything, you're not separate from your children, you're not separate from anyone, and that ego does not particularly particularly care for that kind of uh, spreading oneself everywhere. So a lot of fear can come up. But just continue. Keep going. Keep going. Yihong Baoying, when you say not separate, uh, are you meaning 
are you are you saying that we all have Buddha nature, which is not separate? What else are you pointing to? That's a good way of saying um, it. That, that would be a good way of saying it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. A question from Yeshe in Germany. Related to Jason's question, is fear related to ego wanting to manipulate their being not important? How get over fear? So, uh, Yeshe, the best way to, to deal with fear is just be afraid. And I don't know how else to say it, but it needs to, it needs to happen uh, with the sitting practice of meditation. And when the fear arises, don't abandon the fear necessarily for the cause. This is, a, we're talking about the mind stream. Uh, cause and effect in the outward world, uh, somebody uh, moves something through the air that makes a noise, cause and effect. We're, we tend to use that uh, in the mind stream also, by as soon as something happens, we look for what, what caused it. And there may be a cause, but that cause situation, that finding a cause tends to be circular and we come right back again to the fear because the fear needs to be met directly as it is. Be afraid. I can tell you, um, and this may help, it may not, but I would say fundamentally there's nothing, the fear is uh, imaginary. Uh, nothing is threatened. This doesn't mean that, as I said, a tiger chasing you down the street might not be pretty scary, but this kind of fear in the mind stream is an even bigger tiger because it's, you can't see it, you can't get away from it. So that's why I'm saying just, just meet that uh, through, through strong sitting practice, you, I don't, and here again, here everyone is different. I don't know if you can do this with 15 or 20 minutes of sitting a day. It needs to be extensive. I teach, this is why I teach uh, block sitting. I, I can't really get everybody to go into retreat. So I just create a situation where you have four hours, you start four hours later, and as much as you can hold still, but don't maintain it. In other words, we need to go to get some water, need to go stretch, look out the window, need to move your body somewhat, do that, and then return to stillness, return to the stillness, return to it over and over. And then through that, you're doing that, that which is rising in the mind stream, the fear, we get a, we get a better view. It's like we just have a deeper understanding of what that is and the person your particular ego, your particular style of, of your referent of being me and my fear starts to become more obvious that that there. Uh, it's it's difficult to explain it conceptually in a way that you can just think about it and then come up with oh yeah okay I see yeah I know that makes sense to me because we're talking about fear you can't rationalize that or. The only thing is, uh, I'm doing that a little bit by saying there's no one who's afraid. Find out. The fear gets to be here. Don't get rid of the fear. See that when, you, when the fear comes up and if it's intense, is there someone who's afraid? Is there a being who's afraid? Look closely, Yeshe. Your name, Yeshe. Wisdom. Wisdom. This is wisdom. You, you can do this. This is why you're giving this, given this, uh, this name. Yeshe Wangmo, I believe it is. Further questions? 
uh, Mark Bowie. Yes, Mark. Um, I'm someone that deals with chronic pain, and while I'm sitting, you know, I, I'm observing it, and sometimes it becomes somewhat overwhelming. And listening to what you're saying, I think I should just observe it and be aware of it. But when it becomes overwhelming, it, it seems like it's hard to integrate that into the practice. Yeah. Yeah, I, you've kind of said what uh, this is what I would say. Yeah, do the best you can, but but don't force yourself into it. Get up, whatever relieves the pain. We don't have to go into personally what's happening with you, but anything you can do to relieve the pain, relieve it. But if it's uh, physical pain, then and then come back when you can. Uh, it's like like the image I sometimes use. It's hard to learn to ski in a snowstorm. You want to wait till there's nice nice weather. Same thing with meditation. You know, when you feel good, meditate. When you when when everything is terrible, that's not necessarily a time to go and meditate. Meditation is about sharpening the blade of your awareness. It's not about trying to do that when when you, you when those that sharpening situation isn't happening it's just a kind of an intention to to meditate so we can lighten our load meditation is not about uh, particularly uh, feeling better bowing thank you thank you for the question are we done more questions are you done you guys all done haven't I had enough? Is there 30? There's 30, 30 people. Some of you are off screen. So if, you, uh, if you're off, off uh, the screen that I'm on, if you have a question, just speak up and I'll respond to it. What time is it? Okay, yeah, we can close. May the merit of this penetrate into all places, so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.